0: Good morning and welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths. Am I on? Okay, excellent. Excellent, excellent. I'm really glad everybody's here. Today is Christ the King Sunday. So Jesus Christ is our King and our Lord. Um, and we celebrate that aspect of Him this morning. And today is November 22nd, 2020. I think it's our 12th drive-in worship service. Um, i got a couple announcements for us. One of them is next week Advent begins and we'll have devotionals when you come in at the check-in stations. Um, also, I want to thank Tim, Reverend Tim McCalmont, for preaching last week. What an excellent job. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's right. You remembered his sermon. Good job. And then, um, our fifth announcement or fourth, or I don't remember how many I'm on is right after the service, there's some need for loading Nora Anderson's van with the food that was collected yesterday. So Nora Anderson is sitting in the sun right there and she's got her cool shades on. Raise your hand, Nora. I can see her. Hopefully you can see her too. And, uh, and my message is about helping the least so if we don't have a lot of people i don't know what's wrong with the you guys or me maybe it's something i'm doing um i got one last actually the next thing that's going to happen is Carlina's going to come up and she's going to give us a blast from the past
1: okay good morning So here we are, we're at week three. Uh, Last week we looked at Presbyterian mission work and today we'll look at other ways we have done mission and outreach here at PCC. We have supported missionaries who are with English as a second language in China, International Students, Inc., Wycliffe Bible Translators, Campus Crusade for Christ, and of course our Presbyterian missionaries that were mentioned last week and more. But where are some of these people now? Some of you who know them might be interested. So Howard and Daphne Killian are retired and living in Oceanside, Tim and Hannah Fea are retired and living in Loveland, Colorado, George and Linda Bruno are living in Orlando. They are retired but George still works for Wycliffe. Guy and Judy Gerard are still working for Campus Crusade out of Orlando and Joe Schoenert is retired but still works for Wycliffe. There were other missionaries we supported for a few years here and there and we also sent our youth out to various locations for summer missions. We have also served FISH and SOS, which are local missions helping people in need. The Heifer Project distributes animals to families in need around the world as a means of providing self-sufficiency. Is there anyone here who remembers Bruce's chickens? Well, that <laughs> well, that's a fun story. Pastor Bruce Curley did not like chicken, but every church food event had chicken. So one year, we encouraged PCC members to buy chickens through the Heifer Project in Bruce's name. And we presented him each year with a card showing the number of chickens bought to help others. And each year, we tried to top the number given the year before. (laughs) We have uh, also collected pennies, plastic soda bottles, newspapers, blankets, clothes, and aluminum cans, all in the name of missions. We have welcomed the homeless and needy into our building offering lunch sacks and or gift cards for food, gas, or a place to stay. We have had a part in Habitat for Humanity OC, helping to build homes or supporting the ones who did. We have built playhouses also for the backyards of these habitat homes. We first opened a food closet inspired by Dick Pyle. Later, we opened Harry's Food Pantry. Once a month, PCC delivered food bags to needy families from the Sonora and Polarino schools. We've also given to Project Cuddle, which is a nonprofit dedicated to preventing baby abandonment. We've offered our church campus to the Syrian Presbyterian Fellowship and continue to offer our campus to Casa del Alferrero, a Spanish ministry. And there is so much more, and you can see this on our growing scroll, which starts in the 1960s all the way up until today. But I would be amiss if I didn't say this, PCC has been very faithful and generous in their giving. And we don't want to forget to tell you how wonderful you all are. So thank you so much.
0: Must be a pastor thing. I don't like chicken either. Uh, Please stand for this morning's call to worship. If you are able, if you're at home, um, you can stand too, I guess. for joy to the lord let's shout our loudest praises to our god who saved us everyone come meet his face with a thankful heart don't hold back your praises make him great by your shouts of joy for the lord is the greatest of all king god over all other gods in one hand he holds the mysteries of the earth and in the other he holds the highest mountain peaks he's the owner of every ocean The engineer and sculptor of earth itself, come and kneel before this creator God and come and bow before the mighty God, our majestic maker, for we are those he cares for, and he is the God of our worship. Let us sing to him, come ye thankful people, come, as found on the back of your orders of worship. Let's sing as loud
2: as we can. Mm. Our praying, our thank praises to him for everything he has done for us this year, today, and for many years that have passed. Mm.
3: morning. The Bible talks a lot about why it is important to be thankful. God wants us to live with joy and to be thankful for the things that we have in our lives. This also keeps us from wanting things that we don't have or that we don't need, and we want to appreciate the blessings he has given us. So let's stop and think of some things that you are thankful for. I too am thankful for lots of things and sometimes I like to remember these things when I'm feeling down or when I'm having a hard time with something. In fact I want to give you a special challenge this week and in the months to come. I want you to try keeping track of all these things that you are thankful for. In doing this you can use a calendar and on this calendar you can write down things that are special. I like to write one thing for every day. So I might write a person who was helpful on that particular day, or something fun I got to do, or anything I appreciated. And then at the end of the month, I get to look back and remember all those happy things that I was able to be to feel thankful for. That's another great thing about having hearts of gratitude. It helps us look back and appreciate what God has done. And in fact, if you keep this up and write down a note for, of thankfulness every day, It doesn't have to stop at the end of this week or the end of this month. So I encourage you to take this idea home. Place it on a calendar on your fridge or your wall. And every day, just write a word or two that reminds you of something positive that you are thankful for. And don't forget to give thanks to God while you're writing this too. Pray with me. Dear God, thank you for this time together. Um, And just... Allow our hearts to just open up to you, Father. Um, Be with us in our lessons today and in this week of thankfulness. We pray this all in your precious name. Amen. At this time, all students, um, children, and students are dismissed to Sunday school. Thank you.
4: In Christ Jesus, God came to reconcile all things making peace through the blood of the cross. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. Join with me. Merciful God, in your gracious presence, we confess our sin and the sin of this world. Although Christ is among us as our peace, we are a people divided against ourselves, as we cling to the values of a broken world. The profit and pleasures we pursue lay waste the land and pollute the seas. The fears and jealousies that we harbor set neighbor against neighbor and nation against nation. We abuse your good gifts of imagination and freedom, of intellect and reason. And have turned them into bonds of oppression Lord have mercy upon us heal and forgive us set us free to serve you in the world as agents of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ amen God has rescued us from the power of evil and claimed us for the realm of Jesus Christ in whom we have redemption in the name of jesus christ we are forgiven thanks be to god
2: You give life, you are love You bring light to the darkness You give hope, you restore Every heart that is broken Great are you, Lord
5: It's your Our lungs So we pour out our praise Pour out our praise It's your breath In our lungs So we pour out our praise To you only
2: You give life You are love
5: You bring life
2: You were condemned. I'm alive and well. The Spirit is within me because You died and rose again. I'm forgiven because You are forsaken. I'm accepted.
5: Love, I know it's true. It's my joy to honor you. Amazing love. Amazing love. How can it be that you, my King, would die?
0: Amen. Please be seated. What a fitting song, right? I could repeat that all day. You are my king. Christ the King Sunday. Um, I I like that. uh, I like to turn that last part of that song that that when when we're saying in all I do, I honor you. I like to turn that into a prayer. Uh, In all I do, help me honor you. And uh, it's fitting. It's fitting all the way around. Sometimes you knock me off my uh, my pulpit over there, Danny. Thank you very much for doing that. But uh, hold on a second. Let me get my thoughts together and then I'll be ready to preach. But um, kingdom of God, if you've been here before, you're kind of at an advantage because I talk about the kingdom of God a lot. Um, The kingdom of God isn't a place. It's a realm. It's. You enter it by making Jesus the king of your life. I like to use the illustration, and it's even more fitting this year because the Lakers just won the championship. And we got we got the Lakers who won the championship. and We got the Dodgers. We have any sports fans? Okay, nobody's a sports fan. Okay, uh, but maybe you're not a Lakers or a Dodgers fan. I don't cease being a Lakers fan when I'm over in Europe or if I'm on you know a trip somewhere outside of the country. I wear my Lakers jersey. I love the Lakers. It's the same thing with the kingdom of God. You don't cease being a, a member of the kingdom of God by leaving a certain area. As long as you have Jesus on the throne of your life, you're in the kingdom of God. I wasn't 25. I grew up in the church, and I wasn't 25 until I heard all this, until I heard anything about the kingdom of God. It's all throughout the New Testament. In fact, Jesus talks about the kingdom of God more than he talks about anything else. And here's a little here's a little bit of tidbit information. Pretty cool, actually, information. If you take the Gospel of Matthew and you put it on top of the Gospel of Mark, there's five red letter sections in Matthew that aren't in Mark. Other than that, they're pretty much identical gospels. Those five. Red letter sections are known as the sermons of Jesus. Starting with the Sermon on the Mount. That's the big heavy one right at the beginning. And actually Tim preached on it last week when he's talking about Jesus teaching us to pray in Matthew. In in Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, if you're ever confused on how to make Jesus the king of your life and how you're supposed to live in this world as Jesus is your king, read the Sermon on the Mount. That's just basics, 101. Get to Matthew 5 through 7 as often as you can. We're studying this morning as the conclusion of our series on praying for our neighbors, you know, praying for the people that God places in our lives, and then that growing into the caring for our neighbors and actually having a heart for people that God puts in our paths. And now we're concluding with sharing, sharing with our neighbors, and we're using Jesus' fi- f- final discourse in the Gospel of Matthew as our text. And I forgot to mention, those five big red-letter sections, the early church fathers, they were all about the kingdom of God. In fact, they called that the Pentateuch of Jesus. Does anybody know what the Pentateuch is? The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, or what the Hebrew people call the Law, and you know what Orthodox and uh, Jewish Jewish rabbis do to this day—they memorize that. They memorize the first five books of the Bible. The early church fathers thought Jesus was the ultimate Rabbi, the ultimate Man, God wrapped in flesh. So they memorized the Pentateuch of Jesus. They were all about it. And then it dropped off for most church history. And the Reformation kind of got lost in the shuffle. But at Calvin every once in a while mentions the kingdom of God. But then there was a resurgence. And so that's where we're at today. Is everybody following? Am I saying too fast? Everybody's nodding no good. Good job. Judy's still nodding. And she's still alive and awake. and, And it's Thanksgiving week. And boom, we're here. We're going to be reading the last discourse of Jesus the Christ before he is crucified, dead, and buried, and then raised again. And then ascended. It's in Matthew chapter 25, and I'm going to start in verse 1. 31, not 1. That would have been a long one. Okay. And we're actually going to pick it up at the end of his discourse. He says this, this is in verse 31 of Matthew, chapter 25. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His his glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked, you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and prison and did not care for you? Then he will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Woo! Okay, okay, we're going to get to this. That's a little harsh, right? I saw a little cringing in the front row uh, about 20 feet away, but still, and some of you guys at home, I hope you're cringing. Jesus does not pull any punches. And let me remind everybody, these are rules for living in the kingdom of God amongst this world until he returns. Notice in verse, in verse 31, It's not if, it's when. It's not if the king returns, it's when. Every man, woman, and child, and everything in between should hear me loud and clear. Jesus Christ, our king, is coming back. Our Advent series this year is going to be The Rescuer Arrives. He arrived the first time a couple thousand years ago. He's going to arrive again, and He's going to wipe the tears from our eyes, and He's going to lay low the arrogant and lift up the humble, and He will reign triumphant for all of eternity. I don't know where you're at this morning but if you've had a week any like anything like my week you need to hear these words. Help us on the way. Our king is coming back. He holds the keys to justice. He sees when we've been Wronged. So, he sees all of our hurt. He sees all of our pain. He sees all of our darkness. He sees all of our misery. God has not forgotten you. God has not forgotten me. He sent His one and only Son to die for each of us. And at the proper time, He's going to come back on earth and enter as triumphant king. I see in there a message of urgency. A lot of times the most important thing I say to my children is right before I leave. Are you with me? Nobody's with me. Okay. Uh, 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 Yes, Troy's with me. I think that's Troy. I can't tell. He's got a hat. No, that's John. Okay. (laughs) There's John. Okay, because Fedora means Troy in my mind. Uh, Anywho, just the other day, as I was leaving, I said, Zeke, change the kitty litter and make sure the cat's got tons of food. And I left the house. I came back. My son looked exactly like he did when I had left. He was still in his pajamas. And I said, did you remember to feed the cats or change the kitty litter? And he said, huh? I didn't hear you. <laughs> Listen up, people of God, as Jesus is about to take all of our sins and die for them on our behalf. He says, keep in mind, first and foremost, I'm coming back. What you're about to witness is me dying for your sins. When I come back, it's not going to be like this. I'm going to be the triumphant king. And then I love that verse in thirty-two. I love the, I just I love that picture. All peoples. Just pause and sit there for a second and celebrate the different cultures that you've experienced in your life. I've I've been a missions pastor and I've I've done all kinds of traveling. So I've gotten a front row view to how beautiful God's church can be or is I went on a trip to Thailand um, and I never knew this but here's here's me telling everybody something I never knew and hopefully it encourages you this morning the Burmese people right before World War II were reached by missionaries and the Burma borders Thailand and the province of Burma, in the country of Burma, is mountainous and really like remote. Missionaries went in there, brought the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it took like wildfire. So I went to Thailand, right, at Mesat, Thailand, which is right on the border. And Mesat, um uh, Right at Mes- Burma and Thailand are a lot like Mississippi and Alabama in that they don't like each other because a lot of each they go back and forth on which is a better place to live. These Burmese folk are really looked down upon by these Thai folk. One because they're not Buddhist. Two because they're a little poorer. But as I walked into this Mesat, Thailand, I was introduced to a Christian faith that I had never known existed. These Burmese Christians had taken the word of God and, and infused it into their lives and made Jesus the king of their lives, so much so that it was like going into another country within another country. You would be amongst Burmese in this town of Thailand and it wasn't like being in Thailand. It was like being in heaven and their joy was contagious and they were on fire. All peoples are going to be there. All peoples are going to come before Jesus our King. And the cultures that are so beautiful and so rich are going to come alive like we've never seen them. And then the king says to those on the right, it's interesting that those on the right and those on the left both don't know why they're in the camps that they're in. Does that interest anybody else? Yeah? No? Kind of? Okay. I think it's really interesting. I think the first call is to be urgent. In 31, where he's saying, I'm coming back, is an urgent. I think in verses 34 through 44, it's a call to be humble. It's a call to, to know that you don't know everything. Um, a few years ago, Rob Bell came out with a book called Love Wins. And he got himself in a bunch of trouble because he just was pondering upon what if hell doesn't look the way that the church has been preaching hell looks. And so he just asked that question, and a bunch of theologians just railed on him. I recommend reading that book, because the heart behind that book is absolutely true. If you're a follower of Jesus, you want everyone you've ever met to know Jesus. Amen? And he opens that book with the story, and it's so convicting. And it's convicting to me, and it's convicting. It should be convicting to us as a church. He was a pastor at the time in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so I was just in Michigan. His name is, you know, some people hate him, some people love him. Anyway, he had this huge church in Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And he had put on this board, what are some quotes that have made differences in your lives? And somebody had quoted Gandhi and said, um, be the change that you want to see in the world. And somebody had put a post-it note and wrote an arrow and said, Gandhi is going to hell. Rob Bell opens his book like this, and he shows us as the church is so slow to love and so quick to judge. Notice this text. Jesus is preaching and he's saying, to the, he's saying there's going to be people on the right and there's people on the left. The people on the right are going to say, When, Lord? The people on the left are going to say, When, Lord? The key is what he's about to say. And whatever he's about to say, you better do it humbly Otherwise, you're going to miss it all in the kingdom of God. Right? Remember when I was preaching on the Sermon on the Mount the kingdom of God? He doesn't care what we do. He cares with the heart behind which we do everything. The people that are on the right, they have a heart of, I want to love those that are hurting. The people on the left want to love themselves and don't even notice the people around them. It's always about the heart in the kingdom of God. It's always about the heart when Jesus is on the throne of your life. It's always about God replacing our selfish desires with his compassionate, loving, and holy desires. I just said, it's all about what's coming, right? Didn't you hear me say that? Anybody hear me say that? I might have mumbled it all. Good job, Danny heard it. That's, he's way in the back, so he definitely got it. Everybody's got to Heard that. Verse 45, read verse 45. Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it unto me. And earlier, he put that in the positive. He said, just as you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. A friend of mine went to go serve with Mother Teresa when she was alive out in Calcutta. And she would always equip, uh, she would equip the equippers. You know, like she would equip all these nuns that would equip all these teams that wanted to serve with her, right? And so when you got invited to the equipper of the equippers meeting, it was a big day. And this friend of mine, he got to be one of these meetings. He was was at this meeting and Mother Teresa comes out and he's amongst all these nuns and priests and he's a Protestant, uh, but he wears a collar anyway. Um, And Mother Teresa huddles everybody up and she says, you know, get real close, get real close. And she, she puts her hands and she says, take out your hands. So everybody, take out your hands. And on her left hand, she pointed to her, her, her hand and went finger by finger and said, unto the least of these. Your left hand. I haven't seen anybody do it. Everybody's looking at me like, what are you doing? No, I'm serious. Habla inglés? Okay. Unto the least of these. That's your left hand. Unto the least of these. Your right hand. You did it unto me. You did it unto me. One of the pluses of Tim preaching last week is I got to prepare for my sermon early. And so these words were rolling around in my head as I was leaving last Sunday. It was 12.15, I'm walking out the front door and in comes this dude with a mask and he's got a crazy hat on and he says, I got 600 Operation Christmas Child boxes. I got to get them out of my van. stat." (laughs) and there were three or four bands, And I'm like, okay. And uh, meanwhile, somebody back here had run into another part of the same party and was calling Carlina. Carlina showed back up, and it was Mark Lackey and the Atkins family hanging out over here. I said, hey, let's go unload some boxes. And as I was unloading these boxes from the van, it was just chiming in my head, unto the least of these, You did it unto me. And I was looking at my hands and I was moving box to box. And that is, my friend, what the kingdom of God call is about. As Jesus is about to pay for our sins, he says this, simple. What you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. Mother Teresa also, she is quoted as saying, People keep asking, where's God? Where's God? Dummies, open your Bible. I don't think Mother Teresa said dummies, but <laughs> she, said, she said, people of God, open up your Bibles. Your God is amongst the least of these. That's where he's at. He isn't hiding. Our call this morning is urgent. He could come back this afternoon. Where's your heart at? Our call is humble. We don't know. You know? We pray that God transforms our heart and changes us from the inside out. We don't judge. He does that. We love. Right? I got a great quote about that. This is Thomas Merton. He says this, Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. That is not our business and in fact is nobody's business. What we are asked to do is love. And this love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbors worthy. Did you hear that? The love will. And then last but not least, Our call this morning is simple. And he ends the text and he says it's just simple. There's going to be two people, two types of people. When I show up, those that care about the least, that notice Jesus says, are a part of my family. They're mine. And those that don't. And those that don't, they have some rough road ahead of them. Be a part of those that do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, I pray that you would equip us. You would first humble us. Remind us that we don't have all the answers. Remind us that you're in control and that you alone can change hearts. I pray that you would change each of us from the inside out, and I pray that you would equip us to love the least of these that you placed in our lives and share with them what we have. Be that smiles, be that monetary stuff, be that meals, be that your goodness and your grace and your glorious message of your Jesus the Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, Before I, I, I call for the offering, I'd love to give you a pledge update. Um, and this is in academic ease or like, like like uh, I don't know, accountant ease. That's what it is. So maybe you can ask uh, Amy to clarify if you need anything. Uh, general fund. There are 51 pledges. As of today, there are 51 pledges totaling $241,420 for 2021. 20, that is 93% of what was the total pledge for 2020. I think that's great news. I, I think you guys are amazing. Um, but and last year, as of the twenty fifth of November, two thousand nineteen, there were fifty four pledges, three three more pledges, totaling two twenty one four twenty six. That was seventy perc- seventy six percent of what was the total pledge for two thousand nineteen. So I think what that means is, well done on turning in your pledge cards. But if you still need to turn in your pledge cards. Um, do so. I'm sure we have some hanging around here, and you can turn them in the offering plates, or you you those at home listening on the podcast, you can mail them with your tithes and your offerings to P.O. Box, or Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California 92628 This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. <laughs>
6: to that. On October 3rd, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the following, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up ascriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife to which we are unavoidably engaged, and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and restore it as soon as may be consistent with divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Much has changed, but 157 years later, these words still ring familiar and true. Let us lift up our prayers and petitions to our beneficent Father. Please pray with me. Holy and merciful Father, you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We continue to pray for our fractured country, for President Trump, and for President-elect Biden. We do pray for your peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Father, show us what is good. Teach us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you all the days of our lives. Oh Lord, the viciousness of the coronavirus is both frightening and exhausting. Every day, the news reports more positive cases and a critical care system that is overextended. Today, we pray for each and every nurse, doctor, technician, hospital care worker, paramedic, firefighter, ambulance driver, police officer, military personnel, and every frontline worker that is putting themselves in harm's way to take care of us. Our gratitude is enormous. Protect each one, Lord, and keep them safe. May we continue to remember and pray for them each day and for their families. We heard promising news this week for the forthcoming vaccines And we are awed by these Herculean efforts. Thank you, Lord, to every person responsible for bringing these vaccines to fruition. And thank you, Lord, remove any obstacles in the manufacturing and distribution so that all around the world and in our own country, we may soon be protected. As we prepare for Thanksgiving this week, we cannot ignore that. It won't be the same. Many seats will be vacant. Either from recent losses or family and friends that are not able to safely be with us this year. Comfort our tender hearts, we pray, O oh Lord. Focus our eyes on what is truly important, that we are grateful, what we are grateful for our health, our well being, and your numerous blessings. Pour your hope on our suffering world. One day this virus will be passed. One day we will be able to meet together, to hug, to share a meal again. May it be so. Father, we are so grateful for your overflowing mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord, for Elizabeth Van Doren's successful vascular procedure. Continue to be with her in her healing process. Thank you, too, that just this week we heard that Charlotte DeMott is cancer-free. Praise you, O Lord. No words can express our delight and gratitude. We lift up to you all of our spoken and our unspoken prayers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen
0: that was loud what's our kids doing over there that's amazing i feel it's a little it's a little like sandpaper but know that those words of Jesus, he, like I said at the beginning, he doesn't pull any punches. And as as hopefully a bunch of people help Nora Anderson uh, load up some stuff, all throughout this week, anytime you look at your hands, be called to help those that God has placed in your life. Be called to share. unto the least of these you did it unto me please stand for this morning's benediction and i look forward to seeing you next week this is amazing this is more we're getting more and more people there's a lot of people look around and those of you listening on the podcast thank you so much for listening uh, but receive god's benediction for you this morning and Everybody up here wishes you a really happy Thanksgiving. But may God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you next week, hopefully.